welcome. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 95 of the 476 podcast. On today's episode, we're going to go through the standings in the last couple of Sixers yeah. games. So stay tuned. Uh, 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 yeah. Justice for the blind, just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. You good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 95 of the 476ers podcast. Let us jump into some stuff. We're going to look at the standings. Obviously, one week left in the NBA season. Um, crazy to think about how we've gotten here. It, it feels like one long it, you know, almost feels like the last two seasons have been one long season and the Lakers won like the mid-season championship over a two-year season. Um, and now uh, here we are, you know, one week left, still a lot of basketball to be played, uh, still a lot of stuff up in the air, a lot of teams with opportunities to move up or down in the standings. Um, kind of seems like we're going to have solidified the one seed. Um, but, you know, you know, we got five games. What do we have? Four games left. The Bucks have five games left. The Nets have four games left. Um, so anything is technically possible. You know what I mean? The magic number, I think, is what? Three right now. So ultimately, if, um, you know, over the next few, if, if we win the next few games, which we should, I mean, the, the Heat are going to be our toughest test, I believe. Do we have like the magic as a makeup game? And we got some easy games coming up. So, um, but who knows, you know, cause when you play the Pelicans, apparently you can't, you know, can't win that game cleanly. No, no, there is a, uh, there's like, a, and I was mentioning this to somebody yesterday that there's a, um, there's an elephant in the room about the Sixers season right now that a lot of people maybe are not realizing. And the thing is, this might be true for a lot of teams and I'm not sure, you know what I mean? Obviously I'm watching the Sixers every night and I'm privy to every Sixers game. So it's a little bit different. Um, and, and while this might be present for other teams, it's something I want to point out. We, you know, we're on this win streak, this eight game. This is the least impressive eight game win streak I've ever seen. We're on a win streak against teams that are missing guys. Uh, you know, we, we beat the Pelicans. They're missing Zion and Brandon Ingram. The last time we played them, they beat us uh, in New Orleans. And now, mind you, we should not, we should not, oh, they're also missing Steven Adams. We should not lose to the Pelicans on they could have the, they could have the all MB, the all-time Pelicans players out there. The all-time New Orleans Pelicans players that we shouldn't fucking lose to them. You know, maybe that's not true, you know, because you're gonna have like Chris Paul and Anthony Davis. Um, but yeah, and still, I it, it, yeah, we should still beat them. Um <clears throat> and we're beating a lot of teams. You know, we beat the Hawks without Trey Young and and and, and Bogey ba, ba, uh, Bogdan, right? Is it Bogdan? I think that's Bogdan. Bogdanovich, um, which I always forget. Um, you know, obviously, again, we're just feasting on a lot of teams that are missing guys. We beat the Spurs. No, no, DeMar DeRozan, no Jakob Pertl, who is their best center and is proven to be a good defensive center. Um, we're winning. We're beating a lot of teams that are missing guys. You know what I mean? We beat the we beat the Nets without KD, without James Harden missing guys a lot of teams we're running into a lot of teams that are missing guys and we're capitalizing that's important too it's important that we're winning these games don't get me wrong you know good teams beat bad teams that's like a thing you know what i mean like the one thing that the spurs always did was beat bad teams right because getting home court advantage is really important um for certain teams especially for us especially who over the last two years have shown even though we've gotten better on the road this year but obviously like last year for example we were trash on the road incredible at home um, 
So benefiting from the home cooking is important. You know what I mean? So getting getting home court in the playoffs is important. You know what I mean? We're not going to have it in the finals, but um, but you know, having it is important at least through the Eastern Conference, right? At least to get through the Eastern Conference. Um, but you know, we're not we're not impressive right now. I'll be honest with you, we're not impressive. Yes, there was a, a quote yesterday, I think it came out, might have been Saturday night. I don't know when this quote came out that Doc Rivers said we have to get. I told, I told Toby he has to get back to being Bernard King. Well, that's an interesting quote. You know, how do you tell a player to get back to a level he has never been at, to get back to a Hall of Fame all-star level? I don't know how how he's going to get back to that level. You know what I mean? Our, our three-point sh- is so weird in the beginning. Again, I had mentioned this a few weeks, uh, a few weeks ago that – our ball movement was not the same. If you if you watched the game from earlier this season, there were games where we looked like the fucking Spurs. You know what I mean? Where we looked like the, the 2014 Spurs. Passes, passing, 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 looking for the open shot. And then when it when it, if we don't get it, get it to Joe. You know, or open it, open up possession with Joe, let Joe go to work. You know what I mean? And then, but pass it, pass it, pass it otherwise. And right now, there are times where it, we're we settle for a ton of isolation at times. You know what I mean? We're settling for a ton of isolation. We're settling for a ton of Ben driving kick shoot shots, which is fine. Um, but it's just that our offense looks different. You know what I mean? Our offense right now looks different than it did in the beginning of the season. You know, and I don't exactly know what's what's happened, what's gone wrong. I mean, again, our, our three-point shooting, I'm not going to say it abandoned us, but it's been up and down for some of the guys that we, you know, need, which is going to happen. You know, not everyone's going to be great, but Toby's, Toby's playing different. You know what I mean? So I don't know if defenses have keyed in or what's happening, but Toby's playing different. You know what I mean? The, the spot of three points, the spot of three point shooting, the reacting immediately catch the ball, right? What did we talk about in the beginning of the season? There's a three dribble limit. Once he gets the three, three dribbles, it's a sunken, it's a sunken cost, right? It's a sunken cost. And now he's asking for a ton of pick and rolls. It's like, he wants to prove to people that he can facilitate and that's fine. You know, we, we he has done a good job in that role, especially with Ben out this year, a few times where he has facilitated, uh, but that's not your natural role. And that's not what we need you to be on this team. We need you to be a spot up shooter because if we want to do anything in the fucking playoffs, we need spacing. You know what I mean? And right now we don't have it. Seth has been playing great. Seth has regained his jump shot. That makes me happy. I could say that. Um, and Danny, whatever. I'm not, I'm not really concerned about Danny and Matisse is playing incredible defense, even though his offense is whatever. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. It's a, it's a little bit scary. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little bit scared. You know what I mean? I don't know that I believe in our team right now, uh, necessarily. And that's hard to say we're the one seed. Uh, and, you know, I'm not trying to sound alarms or be alarmist or anything like that. Like, I'm not thinking we're going to get eliminated in the first round by any team that could end up in the eighth seed, uh, whether it be Indiana or Washington, Boston or Charlotte, you know, any one of those teams obviously can end up in the eighth seed. I'm not really worried about any of those teams uh, necessarily, but you know, it could one get a lot more interesting than it should. You know what I mean? Like we we really should beat those teams. We put we play Indiana actually tomorrow night. We play Indiana. I think we play Indiana, then the Heat. Indiana always gives us problems, and Indiana's been playing better over the last couple games after all of these crazy rumors, uh, you know, about Nate Bjork and Bjork Bjorken came out. Um, which is a just terrible hiring. Essentially, what I read was that. He essentially had had done a great job in the interview, convinced them in the interview, but they never did any background on him to find out that he can be a bit difficult to work with. Um, and, you know, apparently he like pisses off his team, he pisses off the players, you know, the players don't like playing for him. He's not going to be there next year. So 
Uh, but, you know, the, the players came together over the last couple games and seemed to be playing a lot better. I, think, I don't know if they won two straight or they went, they might have gone one and one in the last two games, but they were both close. Yeah, they, they lost one and they won the game before it. Uh, the, the, the one they lost was to the Wizards, which was a close game, came down to that that Russell Westbrook block um, in in uh, overtime. Was it, did, was it in overtime? I can't remember. It was such a goddamn high scoring game. But um, <clears throat> point being. I, I, we shouldn't lose to any of these teams. We play the the, the Pacers. We play we play the Heat, um, and then I think we play like the Magic. It, it, we got an easy schedule, you know what I mean. So we should really lock up this one seed. But I am a little concerned right now, you know what I mean. And one thing I do appreciate, you may have noticed about Joe. I think Joe has given up on the on the MVP trophy. And there was a quote that came out. <clears throat> um, that he said he was tired of lobbying for these awards. He wants the championship, which is good. You know, essentially, Joe, unfortunately, you're probably never going to be eligible for an MVP. Not, not that you're not going to be eligible for it, but your health is always going to play a factor. You know what I mean? It's always just going to play a factor. And the point really getting you to the playoffs healthy is going to be the most important thing. If you're winning championships and not getting MVP trophies, no big deal. You know what I mean? Getting you to the playoffs is going to be the most important thing healthy. Uh, and if you're going to be missing 15 games a year to do so, then that's just going to be what it is. And if that's going to discount you from the MVP, it is what it is. I mean, Joker is the MVP. You know what I mean? Joker is the MVP. So it, it is what it is. Um, and, and, you know, Ben and his defensive player, you know, whatever, right? Give it to him, sure. I don't, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of arguing. I'm tired of it. I mean, I, I can't, I, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. I mean, like on the broadcast and, and just people that are ca- capping for Ben, listen, it's okay. All right. It's okay, man. You can just admit that Ben is like Draymond Green, who is more athletic in the open court, you know, a little bit, a little bit better handle, a better handling, a better ball handling Draymond Green, uh, who, who has no willingness to shoot any three pointers. Draymond will shoot threes. Not that they're pretty, but Hey, you know what? We can make fun of Draymond's three point shooting because it doesn't look good. And you know, he doesn't hit a ton of them and he airballs a ton. But in the finals, when they lost to the Cavs, when the Cavs came back from 3-1, in that, I think it was game six that he came back. In that game six, he, I think game six or game seven, I think it was game six, he scored 30. He scored 30, and he hit like four three-pointers. You know what I mean? Something like that. I'd have to look back up. But he, when it mattered, he hit a bunch of threes. So, you know, we can say whatever we want about Draymond, but Ben isn't going to hit four three-pointers in a finals game. Um I just, I'm just tired of the acting. Why are we acting like, like our eyes are not telling us exactly what we're seeing? You know what I mean? The, the, the point is, this is what Ben is, and that's fine. Ben is, a, is Draymond Green on steroids, and fast forward a little bit, you know, almost. Uh, but again, even, even that's different because Draymond also was willing to go to the rim. You know what I mean? He's willing to go to the rim more often than Ben is at times. You know, not to say that that's better or worse, but we, like... The times where you see Ben go to the rim and he make it look easy, he makes it more difficult when you watch him go to the rim and immediately pass the ball out. You know what I mean? And sometimes those are not the best shots. And in the playoffs, we need, we're going to need transition buckets. You know what I mean? We're going to need transition buckets because our half-court offense at times can get really fucking ugly. As we saw when we end up in the zone, we're struggling. And then on top of that, let, let, let's go back to that Pelicans game. You know what the most fucking frustrating thing is about that Pelicans game is down the stretch when we're trying to inbound the ball, we're trying to, we're forcing them into the foul game, right? It would be really helpful if we had a point guard who could get fouled 
down the stretch of the game and make free throw shots. Everyone wants to talk about the jump, sh- the jump shooting. The jump shooting is one thing, but the jump shooting is also a, a, a the lack of jump shooting is a trend or it, not a trend, but is a you could say a trend that's resulting of or is a symptom of him not shooting at all. You know what I mean? The jump shooting and the free throw shooting. I'm not saying they go hand in hand, but it's like, goddamn, bro. You, we need you. You'd have got to make foul shots. You're the best ball handler we have. And down the stretch of the game, when we need a ball handler, you we cannot. We absolutely cannot get the ball to you. You know what I mean? Toby does not make good enough decisions with the ball in his hands. Seth is an okay decision maker with the ball in his hands. There's a reason why Seth is not a point guard. Let's be clear. There's just a reason why Seth is not a point guard. Dandy, aside from not being a great free throw shooter, also not a good ball handler. We will. You know, I've talked about that for for how long now, you know. George Hill, you know, let's be clear, you know, the the LeBron to to, to J.R. Smith thing, what preceded that? A missed George Hill free throw, okay? What preceded that was a missed George Hill free throw. So when we need free throws down the end of the game in the in a tight situation, I'm not saying that, that that's going to carry over to George Hill. What I'm saying, though, is that I wish we had a point guard who could bring the ball up in a tense situation and it not be a problem that he's going to get fouled and go to the line. We want to root for Ben so bad, and that's fine. But we got to we, – we're going to it, – it's again, it's just like our political – the political discourse in this country, which is you're either all the way rooting for Ben and saying he's the greatest or you're hating him. You hate him now and you're hating on him. And it's, it, there's a middle where it's like, hey, you know what? Ben is like a really good player. He's like Draymond Green, right? Again, he's like Draymond Green. A defensive stalwart, especially when it comes in space, when he's asked to to not necessarily defend one-on-one, not that he can't defend one-on-one, he is a good one-on-one defender, although, again, would like to bring that back a little bit, but he is a good one-on-one defender, but then when he's also in space, you know, hitting passing lanes and just kind of roaming around, causing havoc, it's fantastic, it's great, no question about it, it's great, Um, but offensively, he takes a ton off the court. I'm sorry. He takes a ton off the court offensively. You know what I mean? And I'm, t- I'm tired of like the games where he has eight points in the game and we're on, you know, the broadcast is like, I mean, yeah, you know, you know, the, the guys are going to say he only had eight points, but look at all the other ways he affected the game. That's cool. That's cool, man. That's cool. Listen, if you have eight points, that is not a sufficient amount of points to score. That is just it. And when you look at the James Harden, not to continue bringing up the James Harden thing, but if you look at the James Harden thing, right? All right, so if Ben had eight points and 10 assists and he played good defense, uh, who knows how many points he might have taken off the, the board. on? The, you really have to dig into how many points he might have taken off the board on defense, but also how many points he gives back on, on cheating, on cheating on steals. Because there are baskets where I think there was one on the Pelicans game too, where he cheated on a steal, ended up out of position. We're in a five on four now, and they scored a three-pointer from that, right? How many times that happens a game as well for as great as a defender he is, he does do that sometimes and ends up out of position and then our defense pays for it. And then, and, and, and when you compare that to what James Harden, yeah, he may not be the best defender, no question about it, but there are going to be defensive plays that he does make. And when you consider how many points he scores as well as how many assists he may get, how do you rank though? How do you rank that? 
I assure you, James Harden is outscoring the effect of Ben Simmons. So I'm, I'm we just got to stop acting like eight points is sufficient. When we get to the fucking playoffs, if Joe is giving us 35 a game, we need 95 points to win a playoff game, right? Let's say you need 95 to 100 points to win a playoff game. Joe gives us 35 right now. I'm not talking about the first round of the playoffs. Let's let's say we play the Knicks, a fucking defensive asshole. They are a defensive asshole. They're a pain in the ass. We get 35 points from Ben, from, from Joe. Okay. What's going to happen now? Where are we going to get this other 60 points from in the playoffs? Who are you going to bet is going to get us these other 60 points? Toby, okay, Toby's going to get us what? I mean, his ceiling, he's scratching the ceiling at 20. It, it takes a Herculean effort for him to get to 30. Okay, so so let's say it's that type of game. We need a Herculean effort. He gives it. So he gives us there. So 65, we need 30 more points. Where are we going to get that from? Where are we getting that from? Seth? In the playoffs, we're expecting Seth to give us a lot. Uh, let's say he gives us 10 points. Are we expecting Danny to give us a lot of points? times that that's happened this year i don't even know i should have looked that up I, if i wasn't just ranting all the fucking time i probably would have looked that up before i came on here because i assure you it's not many times that joe has given us 35 and toby has given us 30 i'm positive of that because it takes a lot of shots for toby to get to 30 you know what i mean because he's not the most efficient scorer he's pretty efficient but he's he just doesn't get to the line enough Ultimately, he doesn't get to the line enough. Too many games where he doesn't hit a three. Last last game against uh, against uh, who do we play? Uh, the Pistons. He didn't hit a three. He didn't play great defense, by the way, against the Pistons. Though played great, great defense against the Pistons. Not that the Pistons have a ton of guys necessarily, but he played great fucking defense against the Pistons. I want to say that. I do want to say that. Um, on a back to back, no Ben. You know, he played great fucking defense. I mean, Matisse's defense. You know, Jesus Christ, man. God help us all. God help everyone. Matisse's defense, man, that dude, third team all defense, no question. Just get him on there. Get him on there. He deserves it without a doubt. He deserves I think he'll get there. I think he'll get there. You can't watch You can't watch Matisse play basketball and not just be uh, amazed by his defense. I mean, it's wild. He is our best defender. Yeah, I think he is our best defender. I, I don't mind saying that. And it's the, what limits him is the offense. You know what I mean? If he was really like a 38% three-point shooter consistently, you know, not, when I say consistently, I mean, you know, vacillates between two for five, one game from three-point range, three for five, the next game from three-point range, as opposed to games where he may go three for three, and then the next game he goes 0 for six or some shit like that, right? Um, If he could just become anything like a better offensive player, I mean, he's a great finisher. We see that. I mean, he, he has some dunks that are fucking incredible. It's just like, it's like he doesn't even know. It's like he doesn't realize how long his arms are when he goes up and he just keeps going up, you know, ah, man, I don't know. I'm, I, I love Matisse. God bless him. I don't know if he's going to really, it's going to be next year that we have to see it this year. I think we, we got where Matisse is where he is. I don't expect him to come into the playoffs and all of a sudden be Lou Dort necessarily, but I could, I would really hope that next year he comes back like Lou Dort came back this year. You know what I mean? we all of a sudden he has, He's scoring more consistently, a little bit of handle. He needs to work on his jumper. You know what I mean? His right, his elbow flares out a ton when he shoots. You know what I mean? And it's it's not the prettiest jump shot. Um, anyway, so where are we going to get these points from? Well, Ben's eight points are not going to get it. Remember that the 10 assists, while they're good, right? The 10 assists are good. The thing is, is those assists, if I tell you that, that Seth is going to score 10 points and Danny's going to score 10 points, well, that's probably six assists right there. 
right? So it's not like the assist account for points. So if Ben's giving us eight points, where where are these points come? Where do where do we get the rest of the points we need? Shake. We can't depend on a bench. You really can't depend a ten on a bench in the playoffs. You need the bench to not give up leads in the playoffs. It's kind of what you need them to do. Really, is to just you know. Right. And at home to really at home, the bench comes alive. You handle business at home. The bench comes alive on the road. It's going to be a lot tougher. I don't know that we can depend on shake. You know what I mean? I don't know that we can depend on shake at times. He just at time, what was what are shakes numbers for the last few games? I, I've completely forgotten. Honestly, I, I forgot what shake did. I think he did have one good game. Tyrese played great last game. Obviously, really happy about that. Oh, my God, man. Shake was one for six against the Pistons. Lord have mercy, man. Lord have mercy. God help us all. How about over here against the Pelicans? Um, oh, whoops. What am I doing? What am I doing? Uh, one for five. Um, yeah, we can't depend on Shake. <laughs> we can't depend on Shake. Uh, George Hill is up and down. You know what I mean? George, I mean... I mean, I could see a world where George Hill takes Shake's minutes. And where Furkan is getting more minutes in the playoffs. Um, right now, Shake Shake last year, his upside was like 30 points. He could give you 30 points. This year, Shake's upside might be 20. Um, like on a good day, he might give you a 20 piece. Uh, Furkan, you know, we've seen him go like ballistic in a quarter, have 14, you know, 13 points in a quarter, whatever it was, like 12 points. That one, that one game, he had four threes in the first quarter. Um, I just, I just don't know where the scoring is going to come from. You know what I mean? And there are going to be, there are going to be series where Dwight maybe doesn't play that much. And we're doing a thing where like, you know, Ben is playing the five or Toby's playing the five or something like that because the team is, the other team is going small or they keep, they're putting Dwight in a ton of pick and roll and Dwight's struggling. Um, so th there is possibilities that there are going to be games where Dwight doesn't play a ton. You know what I mean? There's going to be those games where Dwight doesn't play a ton, you know, just like the finals last year, he didn't play a ton for the Lakers. Um, so I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I am a little bit concerned, you know what I mean? I, I'm just a little bit concerned right now. You know, I don't completely believe, uh, I don't completely believe right now. You know what I mean? I don't completely believe as much as I want to believe. I don't completely believe, you know, I'm like kind of, kind of concerned and, and, and we are so like some of the fans are just so blinded by Ben right now and just wanting to be supportive of him. And I respect that. And I love that. But, you know, it's almost like the Carson Wentz thing, man, like where it's like we can't keep any we can't be objective. Right. We're looking at a Carson Wentz game and we're saying, OK, but did Carson just play well or did he play bad? You know what I mean? And, you're, and after a while, you just kind of be like, yo, he's not playing well, man. He's not playing well. When are you going to be honest? Just because you want to defend him doesn't mean that you, 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 you know, it's like, because we're arguing with people and we have so much fucking arguments and debates with people that you don't want to give up an inch. So by, you feel like by saying that maybe Carson or by saying that Ben isn't playing well, you feel like you have now admitted to the other side that Ben is trash. The other side that thinks Ben is the worst basketball player on the planet. You're almost, you think you're ceding something to them. And on the other side is the same thing where it's like when Ben is playing well, just, you can say, yo, Ben played well. I can say that, Hey, Ben played well this game or Ben played well that game. But the, the problem is I have to come on here because people are talking, especially the fucking crew, the, the broadcast crew is talking about Ben in a way like he's a superstar and he's not, he's not a superstar. You know what I mean? He is an all-star basketball player at best. You know what I mean? He's an all-star player, all-star basketball player at best. And when we need baskets right now, Ben is not the one who's going to get them for us. 
You know what I mean? Even though there are times where we need baskets, Ben will go get one for us. But those are so far and few between and so confusing because he makes it look so fucking easy at times. But then the rest of the time, it's not. You know, I, I just, I think Ben, I think Ben, I think there's something really cerebral about, about Ben. You know, there's something just cerebral about him. And I think it's, it's almost, it reminds me, it really reminds me of LeBron early on. You know what I mean? It really does remind me of LeBron early on. I, to a far lesser degree, obviously. But where you can see LeBron's mind taking him out of the game as opposed to his instinct allowing him to do his thing. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, just the the, the, in, the times when LeBron's instincts, especially early on, took over were few and far between. You know what I mean? They were few and far between. And that Maverick series in the finals, it was his mind that did all the work. His mind did all the heavy lifting, and that's what fucked him. You know what I mean? After that, he went into instinct. He learned he learned a post game, which was obviously very important, but he went into instinct, and now it's, you know, it's whatever. But back then, you know, and it's like sometimes looking at Ben, that's what it feels like. You know what I mean? It's like too much thinking, too many thoughts. Get to the rim. We need a basket. Just get to the rim. We need a bucket. You know what I mean? As soon as Joe comes out the game, Ben, at, at any point in the game, if you're in the game and Joe is not in the game, you should be scoring every transition basket you get in your, on your hands. As soon as that ball comes down, you should be going full speed down the court and forcing. So I don't give a fuck if you miss 12 layups straight. Go get to the fucking rim, draw a foul, force them to run. Because the other thing is, which we're going to run into problems with, good coaches are going to expose this. We are the worst transition defensive team in the NBA, which is crazy to think as good as a defensive team as we are, we are the worst transition defensive team in the NBA. And a lot of times that's because you, Joe Joe say really Joe saves energy getting back up the floor. And they always make, I mean, when you're that fucking size, it makes sense. And it just seems like guys are just that we we just don't have the the uh the urgency to get back on defense at times to sprint back. It's like Joe is kind of not sprinting. He sprints sometimes, obviously. Really, when he fucks something up, he sprints. Um but then it's like Ben is definitely sprinting back on defense. But then the pr- the problem is it just seems like guys are seeing Joe jog maybe and they're like, well, okay, I'll jog. Ben will get it. Uh, you know, you don't have a ton of guys sprinting back. It just feels like Danny and Ben are the only people who really, you know, and Matisse sometimes even on, on, on that side of the ball or in that transition scenario, because of – it's like the, because of their talent. And this happens with Ben too. Because of their talent to steal the ball, right? They'd rather cheat for the steal instead of play good defense – and just get back. Just get back. Slow them down so that the rest of the defense can get back. You know what I mean? Well, the good coaches are going to try to expose that in the playoffs. You know what I mean? They're going to try to expose that in the playoffs. Well, you know how you slow down their transition? You go on transition and you force them to defend in transition. And then they're a little bit less willing to get out on transition now because it's a tiring game. They don't want to make it into a foot race. Ben, unfortunately, that's the way you got to be effective on offense. Right now, your offensive game is, you know, what can I say about it? You know what I mean? Your post game is a mess. Oh, let's not talk about fucking Ben hits a, a fadeaway jump shot on Friday and the broadcast on Saturday is acting like, shout out to Doc Rivers, who's like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't really think about it. You know what I mean? I'm not worried about his jump shot. Doc is keeping the, and I do think Doc isn't worried about his jump shot. I really don't, don't think Doc necessarily cares about it. 
as long as everything else is going right, we can sustain a situation where Ben's jump shot isn't the problem. That's fine. I'm not worried about the jump shot either. I'm more worried about the foul shooting. You know what I mean? Um, but the broadcast is celebrating this jump shot like he hit a game winner. It wasn't. It was just a regular fucking jump shot, man. It was just a jump shot that did not look pretty. <laughs> Fuck me, man. Jesus Christ. Anyway, that's my spiel on the Sixers. I'm nervous. Let's look at this uh, playoff picture real quick. Obviously, four to five games left for for every team. Um, Washington, they're they're not the ninth seed. They're, they just moved. They moved up. You know, they beat Indiana. Big win for them. Shout out to Russ. Listen, Russ pad stats. Let's be clear. He does stat pad. That's why he gets so many triple doubles. And again, here we go with, with the, this dumbass social media way of arguing where, where you either got to, is either he doesn't stat pad at all or he only stat pads all the time. And as if there's no nuance here. You as a point guard can't end up with 20 rebounds without a little bit of stat padding. And the fact that Russ ends up sometimes with like 12 rebounds by the third quarter, some of those rebounds have been are rebounds that he took from Alex Len for no reason that Alex Len could have gotten. And we know because we saw it in Oklahoma City where Steven Adams would let him get rebounds. Steven Adams should probably have average 13 rebounds a game, but sometimes he wouldn't because he's letting Steph get rebounds. That's fine. Whatever. He's stat pads sometimes. The assist numbers are pretty much legit, except that, again, you know, I've talked about the assist, how, how assists don't necessarily reflect uh uh, not the don't just because you get assist doesn't mean you're not selfish, right? Those two things don't necessarily equate. So because Russ is forcing the play, is forcing an offense where he is the one that leads to the assist, he gets a lot of assists. That doesn't always mean it's the best play. It doesn't always mean it's the best situation because it's not ball movement. A lot of those assists are two-point assists, and that's great. Again, leading to baskets in today's NBA though, when you're fighting teams that are drilling and shooting and sh are shooting and hitting threes at a historic level, two point assists can sometimes get a little, you know, whatever Russ does that pad, but also let's be clear before the season started, I said that the, the wizards were going to be in the playoffs. And the reason I said the wizards are going to be in the playoffs is because I said, if Russell Westbrook is on your team, you end up in the playoffs. You're going to get to the playoffs. If Russ is on your team, you get to the playoffs. What you do in the playoffs is going to be the story of Russ's career. What happens once you're in the playoffs, right? But if he's going to get to the playoffs because the stats do mean something. I'm not saying they don't mean anything. And against Indiana, he grabbed a ton. There were, I don't know, two or three offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter where he was in traffic, grabbed a big rebound, no question about it. Without a fucking doubt, there are rebounds. He grabs a lot of rebounds that mean shit. He also does stat pad. That is what it is. That's all I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Both of those things can exist, guys. Just to, hey, both of those things can exist. He stat pads a bit. He also grabs big-ass rebounds at times. He also gets a big-ass assist when you need a bucket at times. Look at that fucking play he made. That play against Karras, that was breathtaking. That athleticism, the timing, that's a dangerous play. That's a dangerous play. You know what I mean? And he blocked that shit, and that was a fucking great play. Good job, Russ. Good job. I said that the Wizards would get to the, the play to, to the playoffs. They shouldn't be in ninth place. That is also part of the story of, of Russ's career. However, there are reasons. Again, they had a ton of issues because of COVID. Russ was injured. I mean, a lot of stuff. So you know what? Whatever, man. Way to go. 
They're, they're going to be in the playing tournament. No team is going to want to see them. If they end up in the eighth seed, I, we're going to beat them. Let's be clear. We'll beat them. But it's going to be an interesting series. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting series. They have a ton of injuries. And who knows? I'm not going to get high and say, let's watch out for next season when all the injuries come back because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, but if Russ is healthy, if Bradley Beal is healthy, if any, if all of their guys are healthy next season, they could definitely be something. Daniel Gafford, they got something there. I like Daniel Gafford. They got something there, man. Way to go. Way to go. Indiana is, I, I almost wish Indiana was not going to make it into the play-in because it's just like, anytime you're watching a team in the midst of an implosion, you, you kind of start feeling like, what's even the point of you getting here? You know what I mean? Because the coach is gone. All you guys hate him already. We know that. What's even the point? What's even, let, let Chicago in. Do not, by any means, let the Raptors in. And the Raptors are not going to make it, but do not let the Raptors in, please. Please, Lord, do not let them in. Let Chicago win. That's a funner series. Us for Chicago would be a fun series, probably. We're going to win, but that'd be a fun series to watch, I think. A lot of superstar power, you know, a lot of whatever. That would be fun. Plus, the play-on game, the playing game would be fun. Chicago versus, uh, let's say Chicago replaces the Pacers, but Chicago is not going to beat the Wizards. But Chicago against the Wizards, that would be a fun-ass playing game, wouldn't it? That'd be a fun playoff game, wouldn't it? Bulls, Wizards, Hornets, Celtics. Yeah, I'm here for that. No question. I'm here for that. Let them in. Take the Pacers out. No, nobody wants to watch the Pacers play. No, no one is impressed with Sabonis. I mean, he's good. It's not that I'm not impressed with Sabonis is good. Sabonis is, is following a long line of players that are all-star players, and that is their ceiling. Their ceiling is, is low-tier all-star, uh, high-tier role player. You know what I mean? This could be your third best player. But his defense is, you know, you know, not good. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. You know what I mean? His, his defense is like shadow, shadow boxing. There's just no resistance. You know what I mean? There's just no resistance. Whereas like the, our defense is like fighting Floyd, right? Our defense is like fighting Floyd Mayweather. Just can't get a clean hit. Just hitting a lot of shoulders. You're tired. At least until the end of the game and then we fall apart. But then their defense is like just a shadow. It's shadow boxing. His defense is shadow boxing. Um, Knicks Atlanta again. Just going to stand stand there. Uh, somebody told me that a lot of betting money is going to Atlanta. It's, it's just got to be about the odds, you know, because they have the potential to score a bunch of points, especially in the first round. I could understand why, but um, this Knicks team is legit, man. They, this Knicks team is pretty legit, you know. Derrick Rose played. Man, Derrick Rose had a big game yesterday. I'm never impressed by high-scoring output games by all by bench by bench guys. You know, like when Derrick Rose scored 50, it was nice and cool, whatever, but it you know, it, that's what it's whatever. But when you have a game like Derek had yesterday where he against the, the Clippers, one of the best teams, scored 25, eight assists and five rebounds, that's like a superstar game. You know what I mean? That's like that's those are like his MVP numbers. You know what I mean? That's pretty much his MVP season. You know what I mean? So when I see games like that, I always think like uh, that to me is always more impressive. He's playing well. Uh, Julius is, is, you know, playing great. He, he had a rough shooting game yesterday, but down the stretch hit a couple big buckets, you know, one bucket, who was the first bucket on? Um, damn. I can't remember who the first bucket was on. Little jump shot. He hit on a, on a drive to the left. And then the second bucket, same, same move. Try to go to the same move, drove left on Paul George. Paul George plays good defense, takes it away. He goes, he crosses back right, step back, pull up jumper from 15, 20, money. Beautiful shot, you know, and it was a close game. But there was like a big, big bucket. So um, 
Yeah, man, Nick's Atlanta. Let's get that going, man. I need that. I need that in my blood. Shoot that shit into my veins. Milwaukee, I'm scared of. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm fucking scared of Milwaukee, man. I'm scared of them. I talked about this on my last podcast after they beat the Nets two and two times in a row. Like the Giannis, Giannis just kind of realizing things. And, you know, Giannis's offense isn't always the prettiest and his jumper is not is not pretty. And, not, you know, I definitely think that the amount of time he spends at the free throw line is actually to his detriment as opposed to his just get up that bitch and shoot it. You know what I mean? Like, and it's different because Joe takes his time at the line too, but Joe doesn't have free throw issues, right? When you're a bad free throw shooter, I would think you want less time to think. You know what I mean? You need less time to think. Um, but with that said, you know, Drew is playing great. Drew is definitely the best player that they've had. Uh, you know, whether he's better than Middleton, whatever, but but this is the next best player that they've had. They still would have benefited a ton from having Brogdon, from keeping Brogdon instead of keeping Eric Bledsoe. That would have really been the best case scenario. Then they wouldn't have been in a situation where they needed Drew. Instead of trading for Drew, they probably could have traded for Bogdanovich, and they would have had this extra scoring punch. They would have been better off. But still, Drew was playing great. Middleton is Middleton has been up and down. He's up and down most seasons. But his numbers, this is one of his best shooting seasons, which is crazy, because there are games where I see Middleton go off, and then there are games where I see Middleton not play super well. Um but I am scared of Milwaukee, man. I am scared. They're rounding into form at the right time. And I'm a little bit worried about them. I'll just, I'm going to just be, just be real. You know what I mean? If it comes down to the, to the champ, listen, let's be clear. What three do you want? Do you think if you're just putting the best three players against each other, Giannis, Chris, Drew Holiday versus Joe, Ben, and Toby? Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey, come on. Hey, come on. Anyway, scared of Milwaukee, a little bit. Scared of Milwaukee. You know what I mean? Again, I, I've been saying it, you know, every time Giannis says something, I'm always kind of like, nah, whatever. I'm not impressed. You know, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens when it counts and all that shit. Uh, but you know what, man? Just based off of what I'm seeing, I'm kind of feeling like, yo, he gets it, man. He gets it. And it's, it's going to be scary. It's going to be a, a, an issue. You know what I mean? It's going to be a problem. One thing I did meant to say about Joe, I meant to mention this earlier. When he gave, he, he quit on the MVP trophy, um, he's learned. Joe is really crazy to, to watch. And this is a small thing that maybe a lot of people haven't noticed over the last couple, last week or two that I've noticed. Every great player has a point in their career where they learn. The, the, the story of the last dance is this about, about LeBron. Uh, I mean, about, about MJ. This happened with Kobe to a certain extent, even though Kobe still had a ton of wanting to win on his terms. Uh, this is something Tim, Tim Duncan understood pretty, pretty early on in his career. A lot of guys learned this, that in order to win, you need to get your teammates empowered and involved. You need them involved. You need them believing that you believe in them. You know what I mean? That's what being a great teammate is. And all the best players learn this. And Joe, to his credit, if you're watching the last week, last couple of weeks, he's still scoring. So it may be deceiving, but you're seeing a lot more of him, even in single coverage at times, uh, single coverage or where it seems like he may have an open shot or open opportunity, him pass it up to the far side or him stop the play and get somebody else involved. Um, and I think this is something I think you could almost argue that Joe is looking at Joker and Joker's going to the MVP and he's looking at him. He's like, let me try to be more like Joker a little bit, right? Let's let me get being the, 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 
being the focal point of the offense is more than just scoring. You know what I mean? Being the focal point of the offense is more than just scoring. Vucevic is a great scorer, but he's never going to be the focal point of offense. It's not enough. You know what I mean? It's just not efficient. It's not getting guys involved enough. It's not enough. You know, when you're a guy who can draw double, triple teams at a time, getting guys involved when you're, and, and the thing is, is with Joe, when you're a post player, such as myself, you know, all my life, when you're a post player, you learn early, naturally, when you're naturally a post player, you learn earlier, early that that passing from the post is an art and is also extremely efficient and important. You know what I mean? That a good passer from the post will get a ton of open shots that that people hit, man. People hit these shots, especially because if you're a good post player, they're like this. They, it's the confidence that you throw this pass to that person and they hit it right with Joe not being somebody who played basketball his whole life. He learns everything later. You know what I mean? That's how you go from uh, from Kansas being looking like uh, just a defender, you know, a, a defender rim runner with some skill to going to your pre-draft workout in Cleveland and going 10 for 10 from the three pointer and then being like, what, where the fuck did he learn how to shoot threes? You see what I'm saying? So Joe is now learning this, you know, and that's just interesting. I just want to point that out. I've been noticing that over the last the last week or so, it seems like he's been more willing to pass up the ball, especially now. This is the time to do it right before the playoffs. Get everyone involved. Let's make sure everyone is revving. So um, so we'll see. Miami is just up and down at best. You know what I mean? They're, they're up and down at best. They beat the Celtics, the Celtics or whatever, but. Um, they were up 20 something on the Celtics at halftime. Then they gave that lead back. They ended up winning by six. Uh, not super impressive. Brooklyn is on a three game losing streak. Um, is it a three game losing streak? No, no. They won one. Who did they beat? Did they beat? Oh, they beat. They, yeah, that's right. They did beat. They beat the Nuggets. I thought they were going to be on a three game losing streak or something like that. I don't know. They lost a few games back to back. Um, they're not looking great. I think they're going to be fine. Obviously I still, you know, listen, where the playoffs a lot of times comes down to who superstar is going to put their dick out on the table and who measures the best. You know what I mean? Just to, just to be seen. Right. So when you go into a series and this is what Giannis said about KD, no, 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 I didn't go bucket for bucket with KD. You don't go bucket for bucket with a guy like that. Cause then he'll score 50. You know what I mean? And he's 1 million percent fucking right. <laughs> you know? So, uh, and they have a lot of guys that go bucket for bucket. The defense is the problem. You know what I mean? We'll see if they're going to add all defending the playoffs. Um, I, I wouldn't be worried about, I'm not worried about them in the first round, but I would love to see a Boston Nets first round. That'd be a banging series. I mentioned that on the last podcast. That'd be great to watch. Um, you know, but, but I, I, I had a conversation yesterday and somebody shook my, my confidence a bit in the Nets because of their defense. And it's, it's true. I mean, their defense is abysmal. And I also don't think it's great that they haven't gotten James Harden back yet. Um, he'll probably come back in the next game or two or whatever so that he can warm up going into the playoffs. But I would be worried about that. You know what I mean? We haven't seen a ton of these three guys together and these three guys are looking to handle that ball the most. I mean, they're used, the, 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 these three guys usage rate is going to be every single position possession in the playoffs. What's going to happen. We don't know. You know what I mean? So I, 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 my gut is telling me that when you got three scorers like this, I know the defense is always going to be the name of the game in the playoffs. I understand that. But what happens when you have three of the top isolation scorers in the NBA and there's no defense that stops them? You know what I mean? That doesn't stop their efficiency. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, because even though Russ and, and KD had this problem on the Thunder, 
KD has never had two isolation scores like this. You know what I mean? Even at Steph's best as an isolation score, Steph is a great isolation score. Don't get me fucking wrong. Um, but they have James Harden and Kyrie. So you almost have like two Steph level isolation scores. You know what I mean? So um let let's see what happens. I, I don't know what's gonna happen there. You know, I am a little bit concerned about them. Uh, Knicks and Atlanta, let's keep that the same. I said that Atlanta, Atlanta is, they're playing well, you know what I mean? They're scoring a ton of points, but again, no defense. So let, let's see what happens, um, with them. I don't have a ton, ton to say Utah, Utah is much like us, you know, where I said that they, they benefit a lot from beating up on teams at the right time. You know what I mean? The difference between us and Utah is we have the best basketball player from both teams. And then we arguably have. I, I think our three is better than their best three. I'm just going to say that. I think our three is better than their best three. You know what I mean? The, the, the I'm just, yeah, I'll just leave it there. Our three is better than their best three. That's all I'm going to say. Um, good team though. You know, Bogdanovich just went off for 40 something the other night, um, which it, it looked clear. Cause he had hit like four three pointers in the first quarter. I mean, he was fucking on one against who did they play? Oh, against the nuggets. Yeah, that's right. It was against the nuggets on Friday night. And then without any of their superstars, you know, they had, they had Rudy. Chip. Guess is a, a superstar. Uh, Mike Conley's not really a superstar anymore. Um, he might not have ever been a superstar. I mean, he he was good though. He's really really good. So uh, you know whatever. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. Um, which doesn't mean anything. Phoenix Phoenix lost yesterday. Listen, I put this on Twitter. Somebody I saw someone on Twitter say, you know, it's crazy that you know you got like uh uh this guy who is the best three point shooter at the same time that. Uh, you know, just kind of pointing out these uh, kind of like unicorns and stuff like that. And this was actually mentioned on a podcast too, on the Simmons podcast with Kevin O'Connor. And then he said, and you know, I, I'm going to tell my son about LeBron showing people how that he that you can carry a team to the finals alone, which I was going to reply to and be like, no, no, you're wrong. Uh, he's he's literally never done that. Uh, he's he's carried teams to the finals at times alone, yes, uh, but never he's never won a championship alone. Um, no one ever has. It's not even a slight to LeBron. Just no one ever has. And then yesterday, the arguably a team that at times has occupied the number one spot on many power rankings against the Suns, a healthy Suns team coming to try to get to trying to get that one seed, though they're not going to probably get it. The Lakers fighting for their chance to not be in the playoff playing tournament and without LeBron and without Kyle Kuzma, AD said, no, 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 hold on. That's right. I'm supposed to be one of the five best players in the world. 42 and 15. 42 and 15. The, the Lakers are realizing that what well, we've all known about Andre Drummond, which is just that Andre Drummond is not good. You know what I mean? They're playing this interesting lineup though at times where they have, they'll have Marcus all yesterday. They did this. They'll have Marcus all playing with Montrez. And I like that. I actually do like that. Cause you have a ton of centers. You know what I mean? You have all these guys, all these centers, um, but Marcus all just brings a lot more to the team. I mean, he just brings a lot more to the table. Full court pass. He he threw a a, a pass to to somebody to to, Hor- to Taylor Horn Tucker yesterday that was like you know just a full court outlet pass was beautiful. You know what I mean? He was like the poor man's Joker before Joker was here. You know, as a passer. So uh, we'll see. I, you know, the is not is not most attractive. I'm not counting out the Lakers until LeBron's out until he's gone. I'm not any LeBron team until he retires. I'm not counting them out. Um. But it does suck that they'll be in a playoff tournament. It sucks for them. You know, it's going to be fucking interesting as shit if we end up with Lakers, Golden State, in a playing tournament. That's going to be 
You kidding me? Oh my god, it'd be the funnest fucking game I've ever seen. The Spurs again, not a sexy team. They're they they I think they just lost it. I think they're losing. They may have a losing record in the last 10. Let me bring it down here real quick. Yeah, four and six in the last 10. But no one here is interesting enough to take to take them over. The Pelicans have a chance. They won yesterday. Uh, a big game against Charlotte. Charlotte was leading the entire game, and then Charlotte collapsed down the stretch. Um, and the Pelicans pulled that out without their two best players. You know, good for them. Way to go. Um, they're not going to have Zion, I'm guessing. Even if they go into the play, even if they make it to the play, they're not going to have Zion. I don't know what's going on with Brandon Ingram. So we'll just leave the Spurs there. It's fine. Whatever. You know, Memphis. The Spurs could definitely beat Memphis. I, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened in the playing tournament. It's just not sexy. Memphis has been up and down. I think they were really like five and five in their last 10 or something like that, probably. Yeah, literally five and five in their last 10. Uh, just not not doing a ton of impressive things. They're just kind of floating right now. Um, but young team, the more playoff experience, the better. You know what I mean? More playoff experience, the better for them. Um, Denver, Dallas, that would be a great first round series. You know what I mean? I would love to see that. Denver, is Denver's playing great. Joker's the MVP. He's just it, man. He solidified that. You know what I mean? He solidified that a couple weeks ago. Um, it is what it is. You know what I mean? He's deserves it. It's not a this. He's even if Joe played the entire season, there is an argument for Joker. Let's be clear. There is an argument for Joker. And also, I want to just go out here and say somebody had mentioned this before, and I agree with this 100%. There needs to be an offensive player of the year award. You know what I mean? More than the scoring title. Steph should be the Offensive Player of the Year award. You know, because even if somehow Bradley Beal overtook the scoring title from him in the next week, which is possible, if he scores 50 a game and Steph scores 32 a game, right, something like that, then Bradley Beal is going to take it over. Bradley Beal can win the scoring title, but he is not the Offensive Player of the Year. Steph is the Offensive Player of the Year. There should be an Offensive Player of the Year award. That's just my little diatribe. Um Dallas has been playing okay. Their, their team is not super interesting. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd be really surprised to see Dallas make a ton of news. They're 8-2 and two in the last 10. That's impressive. Uh, Luka got thrown out of the game yesterday after hitting Colin Sexton in the nuts, um, which was, you know, just what I just wanted to throw that in there. Uh, <laughs> the Clippers, uh, they're, they've been up and down. They, they lost a big game yesterday, like I said, um, to the Knicks. You know, the Knicks play defense and the Clippers – I'm going to be honest with you, man, like watching, watching Kawhi. And I saw somebody say this shit and I had to defend this. They were like, oh, I don't ever want, I can't believe people were saying Kawhi is on LeBron's level. And it's like, yo, three years ago, there was an argument. He was, yeah, three years ago, he was. Three years later, he's not. Guys, that's it. That's all. That's all. Three years later, he's not. Three years ago, he was. That's all. Stop. Done. Full stop. This year, he's not. Three years ago, he was. Okay. Um. That's what makes LeBron great is that a lot of guys have reached the, oh, is this guy the best player of the year? Is this guy the best player in the NBA? Like the year that Steph won the MVP, that year you could make the argument that Steph was the best player in the NBA. What makes LeBron the greatest is that every single year he comes in and is the best player again. Even if someone the year before was the best player in the NBA, LeBron then comes in the next year and he is the best player again in the NBA. That's all. No big deal. Stop. Damn, man. I hate it. I hate arguing with people. Anyway, Portland not impressed with. They're going to fire Terry Stotts again. It's it's the worst. Seeing teams that are 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 like about to just dump their coach, it's so depressing. Um, and it looks like you know it, at first they were going to fire Terry Stotts a couple of years ago, but the players rallied for him. Apparently, from what I understand, things that I'm reading, they are no longer rallying for him. Um, so that's it. That's all I got. I think that's it, right? That's pretty good. Let's see what happens next week. You know, it should be interesting. I'm going to put out some more podcasts this week about other stuff. Obviously, we're going to talk basketball again, but uh, I'm going to f- I want to find some subjects to talk about 
this week to really spread my wings, you know, really spread the wings of, of my personality. So you guys get the full picture of who I am. Um, desperately need a haircut also. I mean, I am just, I am struggling. I'm struggling right now. It looks like I'm back in quarantine, which, you know, whatever we kind of still are, but, um, Danny who that's it. Everyone stay safe. You know, the drill black lives matter. Arrest the cops who kill Breonna Taylor. Stop Asian hate. Uh, wear a mask, get vaccinated. Stop with that. And maybe I'll do an anti-vax podcast, you know, and you can learn about how that has a, ton of roots and racism as well like everything in this country um but anywho that's it everyone take care goodbye yo. uh 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 yeah justice for the blind just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind used to come in-